Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. All right, let's put a bow on some of this free agent talk. We'll have Jared Rice coming on from the Players' Championship. We're giving away a big uh, Players' Package coming up tomorrow, by the way. So uh, some more details on that uh, along the way here on a Wednesday edition of Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. It's uh, a Moe's Wednesday. Our restaurant of the day is Moe's Southwest Grill. Of course, check out the uh, location down in St. Augustine for breakfast now at yeah. Moe's. It's the one location we just had the burrito. Uh, pretty good stuff for sure. Uh, check out Moe's down in St. Augustine. The only location doing breakfast right now. Served daily at 6 a.m. with the delicious breakfast burrito. Brent Martin of Austin Lane. Coos is popping in and out, but he's not here for the long term today. We got Scott today and we love it. Absolutely. What's up? What's up? Good to see Scott back. Uh, hour number two here on the show. Four o'clock hour. And again, put a bow on this free agency talk. South Beach Gary had asked about Kyle Rudolph. Mm-hmm. What about Kyle Van Noy? Uh, my kid asked me a little bit about Van Noy. I just don't see a spot where he fits. Correct. Like, wh- why would you bring Kyle Van Noy in? I, I don't sure that he's already probably a little bit frustrated. Yeah, I think he'd yeah. get more frustrated here, right? No, without a doubt. Um you know, I think schematically, you'd obviously put him at that linebacker spot, like in a 3-4 outside linebacker, I guess an outside linebacker spot, right? And I think you already have guys in Josh Allen and Caleb on Chase on who's still, let's wait and see. But the amount of money that Kyle Van Noy is probably going to be asking for, which he should be. I mean, he's he's earned that, and I understand he wants the money. I just don't see him being a fit here uh, in Jacksonville. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Is there anybody else uh, just uh, that we were talking I said Shaq Barrett. You did. Okay, to, to watch out for, um, buyer beware. Yeah. You said a guy like Will Fuller. Will I Fuller. get it. Uh, I get it. Comes with injury. Uh, mine is more about consistent or lack thereof consistent production, even though he had the one monster year, and last year was pretty good too. But we're starting to see all these pass rushers fall into like this line of like eight sacks, and that doesn't make them bad players. Frank Clark came up with some big plays in the postseason, but he was like an eight-sack guy. In the regular season. I mean, he's getting paid $100 million to produce eight sacks. Yeah. You know, he's not Aaron Donald. He's not old J.J. Watt. He's not these guys. that They're getting paid kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the Jags have to be very cautious of that with a guy like Shaq Barrett. And Galladay, Godwin, mm-hmm. any of those guys that if – I know these are these are folks that the Jags fans would get excited about. Of course. But should they – be concerned about if the Jags were to go get him. See, I think we talk about guys like Galladay and Godwin. Absolutely not, because you justify that move by saying we're trying to give Trevor Lawrence, uh, our future quarterback, as many weapons as possible. So you you can't knock the Jaguars for doing that. Just like if they go after Orlando Brown or Trent Williams and pay him a lot of money, you can't knock the team for doing that because the goal should be this year is taking care of Trevor Lawrence and giving him the most confidence possible. So if that means adding a wide receiver, if it means getting an offensive tackle at a very you know high rate, and obviously getting a tight end as well, hopefully, then you absolutely unequivocally do it because Trevor Lawrence is worth it. Yeah, you know, Trent Williams is an, uh, is an interesting one, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think the Jags lose on a Trent Williams deal. I do get a little bit concerned about his age, you yeah. know, and where you go. You start getting close to 35 in the NFL 
at almost every position, really, other than quarterback now, and even quarterback for some. But quarterback is so. Come the on, Brent. And you got Tom Brady and avocado ice cream every single day. You got CBD hot tubs now. You're fine. And 30, 35 is a new. 20. Outside of quarterback, is there a 35 and kicker? Is there a 35 year old player that's like. That's a good question. That's And by the out. way, Trent Williams, I think, is 33. So like yeah, he's going yeah, to yeah. be 34. But again, he starts creeping toward that. Age, and you're going to give him $18, $20 million or a year or something like that, which, again, I don't really care about the money. That uh, I'm talking more about. Uh, what kind of production will he give you? And are you catching a guy on such a downside? And I always just have this fear of mine that if you get guys on the downside, the risk you run is that it goes fast. So I'm looking up right now. These were the top NFL players over 35 years old entering 2019. So it's a couple years now. But uh, nevertheless, Thomas Davis was uh, 36. Yeah. And he was good for a while, right? Jason Peters. Frank Gore, obviously. Larry Fitzgerald. Terrell Suggs, who has, you know... Uh, Joe Staley, who uh, I think he walked away then, didn't he? I think he's now retired. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lorenzo Alexander, uh, Andrew Wentworth, which is he's been pretty well uh, in Los Angeles, uh, Jonathan Joseph of the Houston Texans. That was back in 2019. So if you've got that list, and maybe Wentworth is a winner there, Yeah. are any of those guys playing? I mean, even Larry Fitzgerald, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we know he's a shell of himself in terms of productivity. Of what he used to be. And everybody loves Larry Fitzgerald. Hate even saying it like that. But, I mean, come on. He wasn't a big factor for them. No, Jason Peters was good. Peters, didn't he get hurt? He did. He did. So, again, you're risking I a mean, little bit yeah, more of that, was. right, when you're, you're getting a little bit older, too. So, I, I just and, – and, again, for this story – for this this topic, a guy like Trent Williams, he's not there yet. So mm-hmm. you could be getting like the final two years of that, 33, 34 years old, creeping toward 35. I just think that goes along with the risk. Listen, we already know free agency is a risk. Yeah. So why add to the risk? I would try to avoid it. That's my concern with Hunter Henry, health. A guy like Fuller, who said health. Yeah. A guy like Barrett, to me, is more the consistency. Has he done enough to say he's going to do that again? So Jason Peters played in eight games last year. Um, I mean, if you want to, I mean, listen, it's, it's it's quite the career here, but eight games last year, the previous season, 13 games, a full season in 2018, seven games, 2017, and 16 games in 2016. He is 39 years old right now. 39? Jason Peters is 39 years old, everybody. I had wow. no idea. I had wow. no idea. How about that? Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, I don't think people would guess that. Heck no. You kidding me? Lineman's still playing at 39. It's it's funny. So, like, I'm on profootballreference.com going yeah. over the, the numbers. And you know how sometimes they list their, like, nicknames or whatever in Jason Peters? Jason Peters has three nicknames. Do you know any of them? The Bodyguard, The Godfather, The Mythical Creature. <laughs> like, that's that's on Pro Football Reference. The Mythical Creature. The Mythical Creature. I mean, dude, if you're 39 years old playing in the trenches still, you're a mythical creature. I would say the Godfather makes sense. The Godfather makes sense. Well, even the bodyguard, but then I think of Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston. A little, <laughs> a little too romantic for my liking, you know what I'm saying? I'm watching Yellowstone right now with Costner. Oh, yeah? How's yeah, that? It's pretty good stuff. Did you ever see the bodyguard? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A little, little yeah. too, little too romantic for my life. Uh, yeah. Hey, by the way, I was like, I don't think that's the bodyguard like Jason years Peters old. wants to be called. No, and I was like six years old when that movie dropped. I watched with my parents, like a little too adult situations for a six-year-old. But just saying. But uh, <laughs> did you watch um, the end of Queen's Gambit? I did. Thoughts last night. Thoughts. I liked it. Like, okay, good. I, I was fine with it. I um, it was an abrupt ending. Yes. But I, in hindsight, I kind of like how it ended. 
uh, just the last scene I'm talking yeah. about. I was like, okay, I'm expecting a little bit more here. Sure. And then, okay, I'm, I'm cool with it. But, but here's what was the part I was trying to think of? Okay, the part that Austin I got an argument said, with. Yes. You got an argument about something. Now, here's, I, I'm going to guess the argument. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, okay? there, there's really two arguments, but go ahead. All right. The argument that I'm going to guess is the fact that she got, that she called at the end uh, with her, like all the chess buddies. Yeah. By the way, I hope you've seen it. Um, hey, hey, hey wait, wait, wait. spoilers in three, two, one, and go. And they were able to give her like information. Yeah, like nope. that we, wasn't it. That wasn't the argument. So to me, and once again, I can't stress this enough, everybody. Great show, check it out. Spoilers in three, two, one. When she wins the tournament and when she beats the head guy, how did it end? Remember, he said, "Go ahead and take this," but he said it in English. Remember, the, the the whole point of, like, this whole show was her trying to learn Russian because she yes. has to go over there and, like, you know, she has to play with the best of the Russians. But at the end, when she wins, the guy speaks in English. And, like, my friends didn't pick up on that. It's like the whole time she was worried about the Russian culture and taking on the Russians. And when she finally won, the guy that she feared so much actually was very, you know, humble in his defeat and said in English, congratulations, take it, it's yours. That's what I found interesting about it. That was interesting. Yeah. I, it didn't. Like, I thought she was learning Russian most of the time because of any kind of things that might well, go awry sure. behind the scenes. And yeah. she wanted to be like she there was a couple of points in the in the show where she overhears them talking and they don't think she knows Russian. True. True. Right? true. And yeah, so yeah. that's more, more of that nature. Yeah. Is what I thought. Yeah. But I just thought like she was trying so hard to embrace that culture. And in the end, they actually like, you know, that guy embraced her culture yeah, coming from America. Good. And it was, it was a like good it. sign of sportsmanship. Yeah. It was a better sign of sportsmanship than I it, Expect it. Yeah. Okay. Spoilers yeah. over. There we go. Welcome back, good, everybody. By the way. Hey, yeah. Scott, you see the Queen's Gambit? Yeah, enjoyed it very much. Right. It good took stuff. me um, a month to watch the last 50 minutes. <laughs> I sat down and binged the whole thing yeah, start to finish. Like, well, we we could do for show. a week. And then <laughs> How did this walk away from it? <laughs> That's I don't understand happens. that, man. That's what happened. Like, I'll never finish, like, you, Yellowstone or catch up. You just go cold turkey like that. No, she but, just picked up the Golden Globe for that, didn't she? She did. Yes. Oh, she and she, did. she earned it. She well was played. terrific, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it was good. Yeah. You know what it surprised me? What's up? By the end of it, is yeah. she's still 20. I know. <laughs> like, I figured, <laughs> like, she had... I told you about this. Like, if you watch her, like, just the... Just how she matures. Yeah, yeah. You think by that time, like, I felt like more time had passed. Mm-hmm. The second time she goes over there and all that stuff. Of course, so of course. I felt by now she's like 28 or yeah, 32 yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And she's like, still 20. Still she's like kid, the oldest looking 20 ever. You're right. And, and kind of like the most mature looking 20 year old ever. <laughs> yeah. Imagine being been like, through a lot. Well, she's been through a lot, obviously. But like, imagine being 20 years old, you're traveling the country playing chess against like the best people in the world. It's insane. I, uh, I was actually interested. I was interested last night. I was like, okay, after it's done, I'm like, I wonder what he thought about. Because you told me yesterday, like, yeah, I yeah. want to ask you, yeah. you guys. That was that was interesting. You thought that. I think they did a nice job. The one I just told you, I said, uh, talk about the Queen's Gambit here. Like they, when she gets some advice. Yes. I wouldn't think. Spoilers that, in three, two, one. By the way, I wouldn't think that would be normal or allowed. Like during yeah. an uh, adjourned, they sure. adjourned right for yeah. the day. So. Like, I wouldn't think like, – I think you'd be able to lock it, sequester it in your room and do this. Well, yeah. they set it up nicely because another match had been adjourned, and she went in. Of course. And saw down the hallway. Yeah. The Russians were doing it. Yep, exactly. And so they set it up like she didn't get 
a good advantage. So they answered that question for me. Yeah. But I thought that's what maybe you were but, talking about. Well, and the other part, too, I picked up on. Did you notice? So, and once again, spoilers in 3, 2, 1. This is the last thing I'm going to say. Uh, probably not, <laughs> hey, though. Listen, I'll probably talk about it tomorrow. If I've seen something, you're late Everyone's to the party, it. Yeah, people. Exactly. It's been that's out for on months you. now. So, you, you know when she plays the guy with the crazy hair? Right? Yes, it's yeah. like this, and he's, he Looks goes, like and Einstein. Then, yeah, well, you know who that guy was? That was the guy that she admired. And when, and you know, remember he like, yeah, they, he they said that, like, yeah. like he's kind of on his back down of his career. He's not as, as good as he once was. But when he goes, you might be the best player I ever played against. Like that gave her the confidence. And yeah, I love yeah, that yeah. moment that too, because moment. we heard about this guy throughout the entire first couple episodes. We didn't know who he was until she played. Yeah, him. that was a good moment. Yeah. Like, it was and, well done. Yeah. And the way they, uh, they positioned, uh, the principal antagonist, the main Russian player towards the end yep. that, uh, she had so much struggles against, uh, it wasn't so much playing against the player that she had the struggle with it was playing against herself you better believe you it. talk about the the sportsmanship at the conclusion of the story and i think there was also a a spoilers in three two one <laughs> i think there was a certain sense of resignation on the russians part too that they knew they had her number the first time they played yes the second time she comes around towards the end she is such an overwhelming force of preparation at that point that there was nothing they could do to stop it. All they could do was prolong the pain, yep. in which case he just says, you know, it's it's over, congratulations. Without a doubt. And uh, it's, it's not even so much about good sportsmanship so much as it is about uh, recognizing the inevitable. And it's chess. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not a big chess guy, but I watched an eight, you know, I think it was eight episodes or seven episodes. Seven, yeah. Yeah, uh, so that's seven hours worth, and I... I'm a chess expert now. Like, I, I can't wait to watch like a chess match. I'll be like, should have went that Sicilian defense. I'm waiting for them to bring it to ESPN2 for the late yep. night coverage as an alternative when poker season's over. Got to go with that Sicilian defense. Brent, you can't go wrong with the Sicilian defense. I, I They mentioned the Queen's Gambit move like once early on <laughs> at the it. end, and that's it. Like I thought it was going to end with like this Queen's Gambit. I thought Gambit. it was going to be your calling card. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh, here comes the Queen's Gambit. No, literally once. You know, I really should have called the Sicilian defense. I yeah they should have because yeah. that, <laughs> that it wouldn't that have sold as well that that's true but that term gets mentioned a lot in that it show it does yeah. uh, the, I uh, I I read a background I think on this that it took, you know he whoever made this mm-hmm. tried for, they made it over like a thirty year span I believe I, I think I read that correctly okay and like you know sh- you know showed it to whoever you show it to to be a movie or this or that and. Everybody's like, no, 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 and he just kept kind of re-tinkering with it, remaking mm-hmm. it, and um, and boom. So it's pretty cool to see something yeah. like that. But hang on, thirty. I mean, the actress is still pretty young, though. Look, like unless she's Benjamin Button. Oh no, what no, he's no, saying no, is no, it no, took no, a long no, time for oh, story right, development to get it to, to be made into a movie. I thought you had, like they filmed it. <laughs> no, and no, they, no, 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 They've no, been no. trying to ship it for thirty years. No, I'm like the script. The... People still look pretty good. No, I got you. Yeah, I got you. I got you. So I mean, so the actual. What it's it's back in this. Came from the '60s, right? Yeah, yeah. So that that makes sense. Yep. All right. So I got another question about the Queen's Gambit, real quick. It's not really about the Queen's Gambit. It's more okay. about sports. Yep. Or about anything, because what happened in that movie or in that uh, show, documentary, whatever? Mm-hmm. The she is obsessed with chess. Correct. Right, and so she becomes great at chess. Yes. Like obsessed though. Like that's all she does. It's her life. So think Tiger Woods golf, mm-hmm. right? Tiger Woods at two years old has a golf club in his hand, and his dad says, that club's never leaving your hand, and he becomes a great golfer. Think about kids that win like spelling bees, right? They spend hours and hours working on that, like a lot. 
Mm-hmm. In fact, like anybody that gives me a hard time about like the kids playing travel ball or baseball or softball, I say, you don't give a hard time to the kid who's spelling, winning spelling bees. And where the hell does that get you in life? Oh, wow, Brent. <laughs> what do you have against the spelling bee kids? That, that, that gets I, I you beat a, up by the kids who didn't do well at golf. No, yeah, I was good. In, I was good. I was a good speller. Like I, yeah. I was like second in the citywide spelling bee. Like I okay. was good at flex. It. Uh, a little, little bit of a flex. I was there. like in fifth grade. But okay, that's still impressive. But my, my point being is like every like sometimes people are very good in school or sometimes people are very good and they put a lot of work into it okay yeah yeah and some things are better than others to put work into i understand but <laughs> i just can't you believe you said where does where does spelling bee get you i feel like you're, you're a better person for it but i get what you're saying no i'm I just do. being realistic yeah. like i can google the word that i don't know how to spell now yeah <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Yeah. But like but you could say the same thing, like like where's spending hours at softball going to get Kaylee? I don't know. It's scholarship. Well maybe not. Well, you never know. Like I mean And is, by the way, yeah, at twenty two, then what? Yeah, but they're not giving scholarships away for spelling bee kids. Well, they are. They're called oh. academic scholarships. Oh, is this how those are? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, be cool. I, they, I, I was never in that yeah. category. So. Yeah, you didn't get considered. Academic scholarships, you say, huh? Okay. Those went to the kids in the chess club. I got you. So my point of the conversation is this. Yes. If you took any um, practice, mm-hmm. hitting a baseball, mm-hmm. hitting a golf ball, playing chess, you name it, mm-hmm. and you were obsessed with it to the point where you – that studied it, it and it, it affects your social life well yeah certainly because yeah. you're putting hours in mm-hmm. like i, I often I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you like i've thought about this like with the kids not like driving them to it like i thought about it like with myself too if i had spent if i never went to school right if i got homeschooled and mm-hmm. i spent two hours in the morning hitting yeah and two hours in the afternoon after lunch and doing my homework yeah. and two hours at night at practice and still hitting and playing ball and all that stuff like how much of a better hitter would I have been, mm-hmm. right? And so, like you, th- it's one of the main principles in life. Like you think you work hard, but you you, you could work harder. There's okay? a difference, yes. Like, and and that's not to knock anybody, because again, there's a healthy nature to having balance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But do you subscribe to the fact that if I had hit six hours a day, eight hours a day, mm-hmm. that I could become great at hitting mm-hmm. to the point where I make the big leagues or or become a professional baseball player because of all these hours I spent hitting, even if I'm not 6'2", 200 pounds, but I'm so damn good at hitting because I've worked better and harder than anybody else has done it. And I'm talking chess. I'm talking checkers. I'm talking, uh, I got a great one for you. All these guys that play Fortnite. Yeah, they put tons of hours in. For sure, they're making a ton of money, by the way. Doing like that, that where will that get you? Nobody knew it would get yeah. the bank account pa- to where pa- it is. United saying well, you better do something. With, oh, never mind. You're making six figures, seven figures, <laughs> yeah. as you were, little Johnny. So a whole lot of guidance counselors out there sucking a lot of eggs right now. <laughs> but, but is that like does that happen? Like uh, yeah. If, so like and name anybody. If you had just you're not even a baseball player, say yeah, right. But instead of football, you just put all your focus into baseball. Yes. Or golf. Yes. Right? No, sport you don't even like. Yeah, yeah. Would you be, if you put as much work as she put into chess, Yes. would we all be super successful and one of the best at it? Well, let's get to the bottom of this right now. Obviously, what happened was you went to the batting cages with Ty, and you were hitting him pretty good. And all of a sudden, you had like the Uncle Rico moment where it's like, I tell you what, man, 
if I would have worked a little harder, if I would have hit, uh, hit the batting cages a little more, I'd still be in the pros right now. That's where we're at, and that's okay. No, I'm just kidding. But um, no, uh, like to answer your question, like if you would have spent, because they always say 10,000 hours, right? 10,000 hours. That is like a expert. magic number. Especially in baseball, I think you, I think you could. I think anybody um, that spends that much time, that much dedication to one thing, whether it's hitting, uh, whether it's pitching. Well, pitching is a little different, I feel like, because injuries and stuff like that. You well, you got to assume health, right? Exactly. In sports, you do, but, but not with in batting, chess. With batting, especially in baseball, I definitely think you can do that because history has shown us guys like Nomar Garcia Parra, like you know these smaller guys that become successful. So I absolutely think that if you spend, you almost obsess over. We talk about it all the time. I mean, what was the quote that we had from the? Joe Rogan thing, um, obsession. No, craziness and obsession are neighbors, and they live on the something street. We yeah, did, you yeah, know, what I'm yeah, saying? whatever yeah. the case may be. But I feel like if you are that crazy and you're all that, you are that obsessed, you can definitely do it. Yeah, well, and so it spins me into a third topic. Mm-hmm. I read this article over the weekend on Steph Curry. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, did you say, yeah, I, I, I yeah, shared yeah, that with yeah. you guys, and it goes to show like Steph Curry without his this is what i think is one of the big misnomers in sports mm-hmm. is we assume that this guy's all just a great shooter yeah. he's a great athlete he's a 1% guy and his dad played in the nba so he was going to play in the nba whatever mm-hmm. that's an assumption that we all make uh, everybody's lebron james right lebron james is so gifted but we don't give lebron james credit for working at it like we have no idea how much LeBron works at it in the of off course. season, how many jumpers he takes, but we don't see that. We just see this unbelievable specimen yeah. that's like, well, he was destined to play basketball. That's the same with Tiger. You know how much Tiger has actually practiced, like to mm-hmm. get back to form or whatever it was. Steph Curry is a great example in my opinion. He goes to Davidson, but he shows you that he has to work probably even hot, harder than LeBron mm-hmm. and Kevin Durant and. The the article, if you if you didn't see it on ESPN, talks about his cardio and how much he runs. I think they said two and a half miles every game. Yep. I think is what they said. Two yeah. and a half miles every game. Mm-hmm. How hard he works without the ball to deliver the shot that everybody knows and sees and that has changed the game. And they think it's gonna go in every single time that he shoots it. It's fascinating article and it show that's kind of what you tie everything into what I just said. I asked you that question yeah. about can you master something? You see the Queen's Gambit, what we were just talking about. She mastered it, but the mm-hmm. hours put in. And then you get to somebody like see like chess was that chess example is an interesting one because I don't know if you're born a good chess player. Like it's a learned thing. Right? Yeah, I mean I think it takes a special individual with a mental capacity to accept that game. Yeah, I mean, you probably and, 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 have to have some well, and that's what things you saw, that line up. Because right? in the Queen's Gabbett, her mom was, um, she was like a, like a, a mathematician, wasn't she? Like, I mean, she was like a, a, a college yes. mathematician. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. like, she, I mean, there was a pedigree there. I got you. Yeah. Um, so, Steph Curry, to me, is this great example of how work pays off. Exactly. Uh, still on the court now. But I would imagine if you added up hours of shooters and guys in the NBA, mm-hmm. Steph Curry would be at the top of the list of how many shots he's ever taken, mm-hmm. uh, how much work he's ever put in, all the extra stuff. And that's not to say the other guys haven't. I believe LeBron James puts in a ton of work. But I would wager that Curry has put in more work mm-hmm. than LeBron just based on physical gifts. Mm-hmm. To be where he's at and to to master the three-point shot the way he's been able to master the three-point shot. No, without a doubt, because let's be honest, in terms of athleticism, size, you look at Steph Curry and we have our preconceived notion that says, well, he shouldn't be that good at basketball. 
Like, if you see LeBron James, you see the way he runs and the way he moves. Like, yeah, but of course LeBron James it could be probably good at football. It could be good at anything because he's that much of a, of yeah, a freak yeah. athlete. Yes, yes. You don't get that sense with Steph Curry. No. And when I read that article, because, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I thought Steph Curry, okay, he's been shooting his entire life. Like, he's just good at it, right? Like, I mean, he just he was born with the gift of, of a good stroke, consistent stroke. And sure, That's he works Curry. at it, but... But, but... but reading that article, though, and how much time he puts in day in, day out of practice, like, the whole... And it's it's the mundane stuff, Brent. Yes. It's like taking, like, 100 shots from the corner every single day. Like, yeah, it's one thing if basketball is your passion and, and you enjoy getting better, but let's be realistic. How many even NBA players want to take 100 shots out of the corner and then move up to the, the top of the key? Like... That takes a special type of person, in my opinion. Yeah. Because, okay, the first day it's fine. Second day it gets fine. But year after year, year in and year out, you do that every single day, that gets boring, man. That gets very mundane. But some guys choose to do it. Yeah, it's kind of like me and Miss Pac-Man. Like, I... <laughs> I hate now I the first. This all about Ms. I, I hate the first two rounds now. Like the first two boards, I'm so bored by it that I actually get killed so on good. the boards. Because you're so like, good. Just get me to board like five. That's when the game starts. <laughs> and so, by the way, yesterday new world record for Brent, uh, 104,000. Got into six figures. So, oh wow, so, really? And, and so I can so play, if I spent, if I spent eight hours a day playing Pac-Man yeah. right now, I'm about an hour. Yeah. But if I spend eight hours a day. Shoot, man. Did you see that document? There's a documentary out there about the guy who had the, the Pac-Man, the, the perfect Pac-Man game. Perfect when, Pac-Man. The game. perfect Pac-Man game. I think he got, might have been a million. I don't know what the perfect game actually. He might have got a million because I think the record on Miss Pac-Man is like 993,000. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and now, spoiler alert, he looks exactly like you expect him to look. Okay, I'm just going to tell you that much. But it, I, I watched some of it, and it's an interesting <laughs> and documentary. what might that be yeah, exactly? That? Let's just say the guy had a ponytail, okay? <laughs> and then you, you can go ahead and fill in the blanks. But he had a ponytail. Did uh, he have a large, bushy beard as well? Uh, the guy I think had a beard. Um, might have had a mustache, if I'm not mistaken. I have to look him up again. Yeah. Uh, all right, we got to take a break. Uh, we're late against it. We will get to, by the way, and I, I know I pushed this out there, but then we got to talk about Queen's Gambit and the rest of it. Um, should more players consider taking a year off like Gronk did? Will they come back? Because Delaney Walker, I guess, is thinking of it. And the pandemic made athletes do this to mm-hmm. a degree, or at least gave them the opportunity yep. to do it. Will that be beneficial? Like, will will Gronk? Will there be a blueprint to rest your body? We'll get to that in a little bit. Players Championship talk coming up as well. Jared Rice on the way next. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. It's a Wednesday here on the show. Moe's is our restaurant of the day. Get down to St. Augustine. Try the new breakfast burrito at Moe's Southwest Grill. St. Augustine location only. Served daily at 6 a.m. Hey, welcome back. Brent Morton of Austin Lane. Scott in for Coos. Today we have a giveaway tomorrow coming up. Tomorrow, okay, so don't call in right now. Uh, shop and eat the Players' Way, the Players' Championship, just around the corner. And uh, we have a, a gift card to the PGA Tour Fan Shop, uh, to V Pizza, to Hoptinger, and beyond. So it's, uh, it's a big prize pack. We'll do that tomorrow. So it's on the way uh, coming up on Thursday on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Let's talk about the players right now. It is a week away. Jared Rice, Executive Director of the Players' Championship. Jared, the countdown we're trying to figure out. Like, this is the hardest thing to do in, in my world. Is countdown, does, so like, does it include today or is today already done? Is it, does it go through Monday or does it start when the actual player starts on Thursday? How do you really do the countdown calendar? 
I can't figure out whether. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. Great to hear from both of you. And uh, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm. Is this like a Cheers? I'm, I'm trying not to date myself. Is this like That's good. You know, Norman Cliff, or is this a Seinfeld, a whole Seinfeld episode? <laughs> it could be either. I'm totally Norm. But I'm totally Norm. It's, it's, Okay, I love it. I love it. Well, you know, Normie, the uh, the Greco-Roman calendar is based on a uh, lunar. <laughs> Again, we're probably really half of your audience probably has no idea what we're talking about, but, uh, uh, but the most of you do. will appreciate it. Yeah, the half that exactly. do. <laughs> hey, so, so we are we, we are five days, fourteen hours, and fifty-five minutes from the start of ter- tournament week. So that gets us uh, that gets us to Tuesday morning. That's when we open the gates. That's when we get going. Uh, we'll have players coming into town um, really after the cut at Bay Hill uh, on Friday and, and into Saturday and, and really start the preparation. So, you know, seeing them around, um, getting prepared, uh, you know, doing all the protocols in, in light of current events over the weekend to, to get ready to practice is uh, is exciting. It's here. We're, uh, we're, we're ready for it and uh, looking forward to uh, the responsibility and the, and the challenge to do this really, really well. Yeah, this is the time you kind of start looking ahead to the forecast. I think the forecast looks pretty nice. Obviously, the golf course is in terrific shape. Uh, this is now a few years with the, the move to March. I, I, I do think it sneaks up on us, if I'm being completely honest. It, it's still my mental clock. I don't know if I'm alone there. Um, I know it doesn't sneak up on you because you got that countdown going on for a long time. But uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it has really been a good move right and weather wise it it's, can be terrific because you can get all different sorts of weather and sometimes that's good and sometimes that's comfortable but sometimes that's uncomfortable and for a big time golf tournament that's not a bad thing all the time i think being um in the position we were and i was when, when this was first raised there was certainly some you know, discussion pros cons and um okay what, what's the impact of this and when you consider you know, being you know, again, we consider ourselves one of one from a you know from a tournament perspective, and unlike any other, in the best tournament in golf period, and to be able to start a run of what we call season championships, and um, you know, being the lead off to that, and, and really the first you know, big event of the year is awesome. And I think the idea that when you consider the tour schedule, that we come out of the tour championship in Atlanta. And then we're the next big, you know, the, the the next big thing. This is the 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 start of this crunch time of major championships that really culminate again in Atlanta. So we, I like that as a as a um, you know a, a part of this tournament to know that we're looking ahead to March as early as September, um, which I think is again positive for us from a community perspective. Um, you know, early March in, in Florida is not a bad thing. That's a great sellable item for, um, you know, post-COVID years of, of um, you know, getting out of these, uh, you know, snow-drenched areas and, and having national programs entertain clients. I mean, that's great. And the, the course shows well. It looks absolutely beautiful. And um, from an agronomic perspective, it puts us in a better position in March having an overseeded course to play it firm and fast in the way that was originally intended. Jared, you just said it. You know, I mean, the players kind of marks like the next big thing in golf, and then it carries on uh, through through that year. When you talk about, obviously, it's at a, you know, it's not a maximum capacity this year with COVID-19 and everything, but the fact that fans can still go watch this is a great thing. From the players' perspective, like, what is it going to look like for the players in terms of protocols? Like, will it feel different? Like, do they have to go through some hoops and everything to, to be eligible? Like, what's that going to be like for the players? 
Well, the, uh, it's a great question. Just for, for, from a competition perspective, um, we have exp- expanded our field to 154 players, and that is really related to the events of the last year. Usually we're 144, um, but that was a one-time, ch- one-time change approved by our policy board and um, our player board, and that just, again, is just how the, um, you know, looking at the, the eligibility for, for the tournament. Um, but from a statistical perspective, those that are eligible are purely based on their FedEx Cup ranking, so we still get the best players in golf period there's no debate it's statistically um in, you know they're in our field we don't have you know the executive director doesn't get exemptions to consider or sponsor exemptions uh, you know our, our past champion exemption is the is the shortest among major events at, at five years so you know and fred funk reminds me of that every time that i talk to him so uh literally so um you know those are things that really you know, feed the the strength of the field now you know again in the current environment Dating back to to June when we restarted golf or turned to golf at the Charles Schwab event in in Fort Worth, that's where we established COVID protocols. We've established the bubble is what you've probably read in the trades that um, you know players have to come in and um, and test negative, and then at that point they have uh, certain expectations to maintain in order to uh, to compete for the rest of the week. Jared Rice with us, executive director of the Players Championship. We know uh, tickets basically well they are sold out. Uh, there's a fan shop opening weekend coming up this weekend can give us a little bit of an explainer on that like are fans allowed to go out there is that online yeah so i um that's a great question and um not ironic that i was literally walking through it maybe 20 minutes ago and my my uh cheeks are still red from that uh, (laughs) from that that ride to, to prove it um, so we are we are opening this weekend. Um, go on theplayers.com. Uh, you'll see our operating hours. I believe it's 10 to 5 each day. Um, and you know it, it's great to come out Saturday, Sunday. Uh, we'll be open Friday as well. So three days. Uh, we'll have some food trucks out here. Be able to you know take a picture um, on the 17T or, or, or pretty close to it, um, and just kind of check out the grounds. And it's 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 beautiful out here, and it looks fantastic. And to you know kind of get excited about um, what's what's about to take place. The fan shop is, albeit smaller um, than or you know, than it has been in the past. They've got some great stuff in there. Um, I, I think it's uh, they're going to go through it pretty quickly. So if you didn't have a chance to come out last year, you should definitely do it. Um, I think Friday and Sunday would be a little bit better weather days to do that, but um, still worth coming out. Free charge, don't need a ticket. Uh, you will have to wear a mask. Uh, we will ask you at the point of entry about um, you know a couple of screening questions, take a temperature, but um, love to have you out and, and do some shopping. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, I always say this. I have more pictures on my phone of 17th hole at TBC Sawgrass than I do of my kids, and I have a lot of pictures of my kids, <laughs> and I probably have more gear from TBC and that, that fan shop uh, and the Players' That's Championship. That's why I call in, Brad. <laughs> Anything else? And, and by the way, like, it wasn't given to me. Like, I purchased it, okay? So, like, I'm a big fan of the fan shop. Uh, no doubt about it. Hey, last one. You mentioned the word responsibility. Yeah earlier in, in this interview uh, what what is the weight of that and why do you guys feel that responsibility for the sports world for the golf world for locally uh, what what is the weight of running the uh the players championship in 2021 specifically uh is still in the midst of a pandemic i think there's a couple of things one there's um you know, certainly a responsibility to our players our partners to um, you know, deliver a, an amazing experience and, and you know, the, the best in tournament golf for them. Um, but as Commissioner Monahan said, uh, this sport has a, uh, you know, just a, 
uh, you know, a unique ability to take something positive out of these difficult circum- uh, out of difficult circumstances and to hold us accountable. Um, and we're highly motivated motivated from that. I mean, it's the you know it's the flagship event of the entire tour. Um, we have the best athletes at what they do he- coming here. Um, they love this area. In fact, um, Rory made it a point to ask a colleague of mine who was um, was working the match down in uh, Seminole, "Hey, how's everyone doing back in, in Jacks?" And that was you know midsummer. Um, they know, I mean, we've been playing here for 45 plus years. The players know this community. They know where they stay. They know where they go out to eat and they know the charities that it, uh, they impact. And, um, you know, again, we, we feel like we've got a responsibility to, to, to bring back and, and produce the tournament safely so that we can continue to, to give back in the way in which, um, you know, we've been doing for, for 40 plus years. So, um, we're, we're up to the challenge. No doubt. It's a big deal. Uh, you should be proud of it. You guys do a great job with it. Good luck over the next week. Uh, look forward to seeing you out there next week, man. Likewise. Be good. Thank you. All right. It's Jared Rice, executive director of the Players Championship. By the way, tomorrow, the four o'clock hour, we'll have a shop and eat players giveaway. Uh, once again, it'll be at the PGA Tour fan shop. We'll give you a gift card there. ABBQ, uh, gift card, V Pizza gift card, Hoptinger gift card. So it's one big package. Make sure you're checking out the show tomorrow. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 in the four o'clock hour. We'll take a quick break. We come back with more. Does a year away do you good? In the NFL, will more players be like Gronk? We'll find out. We'll ask about it when we come back on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. It's a Moe's Wednesday here. Restaurant of the day is Moe's Southwest Grill. We had a breakfast burrito already. Delicious. you got to go check it out. The St. Augustine location. drive through only from 6 a.m. until 1045 in the morning. Now serving breakfast. So check it out. I think you'll like it. No doubt you'll like it. We loved it. And we had it in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So Once again, ate it way too fast. Switch up the morning routine. Skip the bagels and the muffins. Get yourself a breakfast burrito. By the way, you can order a Moe's breakfast catering as well uh, to the workplace. Does and it get better than a breakfast burrito, honestly? No. I've like been thinking I, about it. I said this earlier. I said, again, Action Sports Shack Stream 18, Moe's has come out to the golf tournament every year, and we appreciate their support. And yeah. uh, they always have the – well, I, I should say always, but I'm pretty sure on an annual basis they have the breakfast burrito. They've had it several times. Mm-hmm. And people love it out there. Yeah. so uh, Can't get enough of it. Yeah, it's really good. So uh, you got uh, bacon, chicken, steak, scrambled egg, shredded cheese, southwestern seasoned potatoes, Moe's salsa. Why not? Nothing better. Moe's breakfast burrito. Uh, check it out. 6 a.m. St. Augustine. Open until 1045, and it's a drive-thru only. So it'll be uh, easy, fast, good, all of those things on your way to work. Brent Martin, Austin Lane. Uh, Scott is in for coups here on a Wednesday. Chilling. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Dream 18, Dream 18 card still available. Go to uh, ESPN690.com, and you can purchase your card. you got to have golf fever. i got a little bit of golf fever now. I'm finally getting it. And it usually happens around now. Players yeah. getting a little nicer. Players' time. Uh, we'll get into the Masters after that. The weather. going to get a little bit of this rain and some of the cooler air away. But uh, check it out. Discounted golf at eight area golf courses, plus free stuff from Baker Sports and Smoothie King. Uh, and, uh, where else do I have free stuff going? We have some discounted things from Palm Beach Autographs as well. So, uh, oh, dome hats, free hat. See that? Almost forgot about it. But uh, check out the Dream 18 card. Perfect gift. Or if, um, well, 
You just want discounted golf and some free stuff. Go check it out, ESPN690.com. All right, I asked this question earlier in the hour, and then we started talking Queen's Gambit and trying to get Ty and Kaylee to be professional players and all that stuff. Um, we'll see if that works out. The Rob Gronkowski took a year off, retired, yes, came back. Yes. I don't know if his intention was to ever come back. I don't know if the Tom Brady thing helped. Maybe well, he didn't obviously want to go. it was about the Brady thing. Well, yeah, but I don't know if he said in the back of his mind, listen, maybe sometime I'll come back, even if it's to the Patriots. Yeah. If Brady was like, if Brady was playing for the Patriots, would he have come back? I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know either. I think that the culture in New England, like he said it himself, he wasn't having that much fun. Yeah. And keep in mind, I mean, before he went to Tampa Bay, he was actually he signed a contract with the. WWE, and he was going to do yeah. like wrestling stuff, and then <clears throat> wait, 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 wait. Camping. So he's saying he's not having a good time there. He's got Tom Brady throwing him the ball and stuff, and and he's he's winning Super Bowls, and and they're on top of the league, and everybody hates him, yep. and he's not digging it. Here's the thing, though, Scott. You feel there? Remember, New England's won a lot, and winning a Super Bowl. I mean, I can't imagine I've never played in one, but it's got to be one of the best feelings in the world. But when you do it over and over and over again, I feel like you want something more. And this has happened with Gronkowski. It's happened with Amendola. Like, they've said, like, it wasn't fun. Now, it's like the end result is always going to be fun because you're a world champion. But sometimes you got to ask yourself, is the journey worth that final destination? And I think the problem with New England was that the way that culture was set up where it was like, all right, we, we like working hard. We like feeling under pressure. But eventually it got to the point where it was like, we don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. So, I'm all right. So, I'm going to ask you, do you think if if – Brady had gone back to New England. Mm-hmm. Would Brady? Uh, would Gronk have come back? Yes or no? I honestly don't think so. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I could. By the way, I think I agree with you. Yeah. I, I think. I, I think mean, he Tampa, said it wasn't fun. I think yeah. Arians. I think Florida. I think a new thing. Yeah. Like even with Brady, mm-hmm. I think it it led to that. They knew they were very good. By the way, if, if Brady had gone back to New England, he wouldn't have won a Super Bowl last year. They weren't good enough. No, there's no way. They, they just weren't. Like mm-hmm. they're they're not good enough anymore. No. Uh, so I, I fully believe that they might have made the playoffs, all that stuff, but they weren't yeah, winning who's the he Super Bowl. To that, you they, know, they weren't beating. Kansas City or even the Baltimores or maybe the Indianapolises. They just weren't, in my opinion. Uh, well, as it turns out, they might not even have won the division, even Buffalo. Buffalo might have been that good. Yes. Uh, so will more players, should more players do this? You know the toll the NFL takes on the body. Of course. Should a player, like, the, the reason I bring it up is not really Gronk, it's Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker said, he's getting up there now as a tight end of the Titans, and he's going to come back and play in 2021 is the report I saw. And that is after missing last year, mostly due to COVID, opted out. And so you have all these opt-outs that maybe can get back in. But could this become a trend in the NFL where players say, maybe around 29, 30 years old, say, you know Mm -hmm. what, I'm going to take a year. I'm going to get my body right and give it a break. I still have that passion to play, but I I have intentions of playing again. We'll see what happens. But – when I'm 31, I still got something left in the tank that I can offer. Yeah, you know, when you look at Gronk's situation, like obviously his body was banged up. Like he he needed a rest. I mean, you saw it in any route that he ran, he just he had problems. Uh, listen, he looked like he was 40 years old. Correct. Well, he sure wasn't going to find any rest if he'd taken on a serious WWE schedule. Well, but <laughs> let's be honest. I think they're asking him for more of the mic skills and actually the, the the in-ring entertainment in terms of physicality. I think he was more of just kind of like getting on the mic and acting crazy. But I think Gronk had the perfect situation where it was Tom Brady had his back, right? Like Tom Brady, I'm sure, vouched for Gronkowski. Because keep in mind what Tampa Bay had at the time. They had O.J. Howard. They had Cameron Brait. 
they had a full tight end room already. Now OJ Howard gets hurt and everything, and, and you know, the, whatever, the hindsight's twenty twenty. But at the time, yeah. like, you would think, well, why is Gronk going there? No, no, not at all. But I think Brady had something to do with Gronk going there, obviously. I think he talked him to Bruce Arians just like he talked to Antonio Brown to come to Tampa Bay. To answer your question, though, like, does it benefit you taking a year off? Rest can do the body good, especially in a physical uh, and taxing sport like football. But at the same time, I always mention the turnover in the National Football League, right? It's a young man's game. Now, if you're a Gronk, you have a good situation. If you're like a Tom Brady, like if, if you're, you know, the outlier, if you're like the top 3% in the NFL where you can get away with taking a year off, then why not? But if you're like a fringe guy, if you're a guy who maybe was a starter or like a depth player per se, to take that year off and then to come back in the league and say, hey, guys, remember me? The league already forgot yeah, about I don't, you. I think it's deeper than 3% though that can okay. do it. Like I think Delaney well, Walker might but, be able to do it. He's not a 3% guy. No, he's not. But do you, do you feel teams going out of the way to sign Delaney Walker? No, but I think somebody will. But are they going to – yeah, I mean, there remains – are they going to keep him? Are they going to cut him? Yeah, you know, I, mean, I mean, I, I just knows? think somebody will. I, I don't yeah. think it's a bad idea. Gage says, but, uh, only if it's with Tom Brady, apparently. I do think there are benefits taking a year off just to get right. If you're entering free agency, you could just take a year off, come back the following year. So for someone in their mid-20s, I think it could be a good idea. But mid-20s to, is a little early to me. I'm thinking more late-20s. But you have to bring up the question, too, as well. You, you had COVID-19 as an excuse. Yes. Say you take COVID-19 out of it and you just want to walk away from a year. Well, then coach is going to start questioning, well, does this guy even want to play anymore? That's fair. Like, where's his love of the game? Where's yeah. his dedication? Like, you know, those those kind of questions always come into the narrative. So to answer those questions, to your point, there has to be a certain amount of talent level that can offset that it's in like the mind anything. of coaches and everything else. Yeah. We'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Football at 5 hour on the way.